Would you just welcome Steve Wilson, our founding pastor. Let's stand to our knees. Standing to our knees. Stand, stand to our feet. kingdom, um, you know, Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. Super simple. Um, in every form, in every way. And the next next message, week after next, we're actually going to talk about the mission of the kingdom. We're going to just really press into what does it look like to participate in the mission of the kingdom right now. And then today we want to talk about the power of the kingdom. Kind of that third element that we didn't get to last time. In the life of Jesus, his proclamation of the kingdom was always, underline always, always accompanied with a demonstration. He always demonstrated the reality of the words he spoke. One of the great damages to the body of Christ is we've had a lot of words and not much demonstration. And we're coming into a season where in this nation, and the songs really set us up, where I believe that the the supernatural from the kingdom of God perspective is going to become undeniable. There are going to be things that we're walking in that were absolutely extraordinary. Next week, Michael Brewer is going to be here, he and his family. Um, they've seen some incredible things in Haiti. Uh, Michael's one of six of kind of Sal and my spiritual kids that have seen resurrection from the dead in the last two years. And Michael has actually seen that and witnessed it and participated in it. Um, don't miss next week. Um, he, he brings something of that next generation honesty and integrity and, and breakthrough that's going to be absolutely extraordinary. Just to lay a scripture foundation, in Ma Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, we read that Jesus was going about all the cities and villages, teaching their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So Jesus', Jesus ministry on earth, the, the way he introduced the kingdom was that he would declare the goodness of God, declare the presence of the king, declare the presence of a God that loves and cares. 
He demonstrated the heart of God. In fact, the, the, the most common theme in Jesus, Jesus speaking was talking about his father. What's his father like? Jesus was the, was the prototype, was the demonstration of model. This is what God's actually like. But he didn't just speak the word. He always demonstrated the power. He always demonstrated that this was to happen. Um, when, when two storm fronts meet, when two kingdoms meet, that's the place that you see the greatest power in demonstration. I, I don't know if uh, Michael next week will talk about just one of their experiences of going into a voodoo cave and watching the Holy Spirit invade that cave and pushing priests back against the wall. And, and literally every, every one of the servers in that received Christ as their Savior completely transformed that place. The kingdom of light invades the kingdom of darkness. The challenge is that it's when those two kingdoms meet that we get the greatest demonstrations. We, we have the privilege of living on what meteorologists call the I-44 corridor. Um, all that phrase means is that we're one of the parts of the country where warm air from the Gulf and cold air from Canada tend to meet up over this region. It's why all the way spread down through into Oklahoma, we see tornadoes and incredible thunderstorms and these amazing changes of temperature. It's because these two storm fronts collide. These two masses of air collide. And the result of that collision is lightning and thunder and tornadoes and storms. What's happening? The kingdom is meeting the kingdom. And there's a demonstration of the power. One of the reasons churches don't see the demonstrations of power is we behave more like a holy huddle than a storm front. We cloister ourselves to, for protection rather than invading darkness and bringing light into darkness. And we are now in a season in our nation where we can no longer hide in comfort. Those days of passively securing ourselves are gone. It's time for the church to be who we are created to be. Yes. The kingdom wants to demonstrate in power. The challenge we have is the same challenge that John the Baptist faced. John the Baptist is in prison. He's facing death. And he sends the disciples to Jesus to say, you know, are you the one or... Should we wait for somebody else? What's going on? It doesn't look like he thought it was going to look. I, I mean, he expected some shakeup of the Roman Empire. He expected some visible demonstration of a restoration like King David. He, he expected something in the natural to be showing that would give us a hint that things are moving in the right direction, but actually everything's getting worse. And he's sitting in this place where his expectations aren't being met, and from that place of unmet expectations, Jesus, are you the one? See, I think we struggle with that same issue. I think like John, our expectations are too often 
set by our experience rather than by the word of God. We prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. Therefore, not getting healed is the norm. I guess I don't have that gift. And we dismiss because of our experience. We live in a very naturalistic culture and our worldview causes it to focus on this natural realm. And then that cultural understanding shapes our beliefs and explains our experience and then our experience determines our doctrine. And pretty soon we have a powerless doctrine and no change in society. Instead of pursuing miracles, we make excuses for why we don't experience them. Be careful, church. We're in a moment when I believe the Holy Spirit is challenging us to demonstrate the power of the kingdom. But we can actually become passive. I think that word, whoever brought the passive word, what a great word. This even affects our eschatology. Ray did a great job of outlining the resurrection of the dead last week. There aren't many things we agree with, agree on in eschatology. We could take everyone in here and there would be a slightly different nuance. But as a house, there is one thing that we agree on. We do not buy into the defeatist eschatology. We believe in a victorious eschatology. Now, you can go read books and decide what somebody else believes by victorious eschatology. There's many views of victorious eschatology out there as there are people studying it. But I would just like to suggest that we need to be more centered on preparing for Christ than we are the Antichrist. We need to be more centered on the mark of the lamb than we are the mark of the beast. I did read this on a Facebook post and I loved it. We need to be more centered on redeeming the earth, not escaping from it. We need to be more centered on hope and not fear. The world is not going to be converted by fear. They're going to be converted by a demonstration of a people live with this abounding hope. We can get captivated by all the negative in our nation. There's plenty of it to get captivated by. Or we can get captivated by what the king is doing in this house. Y'all with me? Christ's response back to John was to remind him of what he'd seen and heard. And he answered and said to them, go report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to him. I am not satisfied 
until that's the testimony of this body and the testimony of the body of Christ across this nation. I am dissatisfied until that's our testimony. We haven't lived up to the kingdom reality until that becomes our testimony. Y'all still with me? This morning, I believe we need to ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to more. The more that's available, the more that's ours. To stop living in the limitation. See, it's very, very easy when you're going through stuff. I mean, Sal and I are walking through some of the more difficult moments our entire life, and we are more filled with hope and expectancy today than we've ever been filled with. Now, it's a tension. You're almost schizophrenic because you're, you're almost not dealing with what you're dealing with, but you have to deal with it, but you can't let that control you. And if the negative controls us, we're in, we're in a horrible state. The spiritual realm is here in this room just as powerfully as the natural. But we're more aware of the natural because we have natural senses. Without miracles, our message is powerless, the church is powerless, and our nation's not going to be changed. So then the very thing Jesus had been doing, he gave to his disciples to do. This wasn't just a Jesus thing. Luke chapter 9, he sent the disciples out to do exactly what he did. He sent them to proclaim the kingdom and to perform healing. If you don't take anything else away from this morning, proclaim and perform. I love your testimony. I love your declaration of what God has done, but demonstrate it. If you're not demonstrating, last week Sally and I were going somewhere for lunch and we had heard that a waitress we ministered to a couple years ago was working in a new restaurant in Ozark. So we just showed up. And before the end of the meal, we had waitress with us. We had the main cook out with us. People were prophesying over other people in the restaurant. Why? Because the kingdom's here. What are we doing? We get so preoccupied. We get so passive that we're missing these incredible opportunities to demonstrate the love and power of Christ. wasn't just the 12 and a few verses later he sends out 70 and they do they see exactly the same thing happen the kingdom is is more than words more than a vague concept it's the release of the power of God for the kingdom of God does not consist in words but in power Paul says to the Corinthians 
Not just word. It's got to be power. Church, this is not a side issue to the gospel message. Somebody from the, the, the Browns revival actually made the statement that miracles are the dinner bill for salvation. And I think that if we don't get the dinner bell ringing, people are going to miss the meal. It's time for us to start ringing the dinner bell so loud that everybody has to hear it. We read in that same Luke 9 passage, Jesus called the 12 together and gave them power and authority. I don't have time to deal with this in depth today. But power is the ability to do it. Authority is the right to do it. You have the power because of the Holy Spirit. You have the authority because of your identity. And it's time to combine the power and authority so that we actually step out and do what we're called to do. Become who he called us to be. And this is, I think, where we're going to kind of land today. We'll see if I do or not. The kingdom is manifest by the Holy Spirit. The kingdom stays kind of vague until you read what Jesus said. In Matthew 12, 28, Jesus says this, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come among you. Jesus gives us the operating principle for how the kingdom works. Jesus, Son of Man, full of the Holy Spirit, when he casts out a demon by the Spirit, the rule of God comes into that realm in that moment. So the kingdom is actually the work of the Holy Spirit through us bringing in the life and rule and power and dominion of Christ. If we don't understand that, then we're trying to create something, just this vague concept in our mind. Don't worry about what the kingdom looks like. Just demonstrate the power of the Spirit. Because every time the Spirit uses you, the kingdom is advanced. If you aren't being used by the Holy Spirit in your life, in your circle, in, in your sphere of influence, then you're not really extending the kingdom. Y'all still with me? Every time we exercise the gifts of the Spirit, every time, every time we exercise the gifts of the Spirit, the kingdom of God is invading a little more, a little more, a little more into society. Paul says this every time Paul says, my message and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Lord, help us. It's so easy to take on a mindset that dismisses this as not being ours. Instead of understanding that in this moment, the Holy Spirit wants to use us powerfully. Bring that up for me, would you? The kingdom really is at war. Thank you so much. The kingdom really is at war. Christ's triumph was total, but he left us the privilege of cleaning up. 
He left us the privilege of kind of sweeping up after the conflict's won. Sometimes you don't feel like you're just sweeping up. <laughs> Though the battle between the kingdoms continues, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Has anybody ever seen gates running at you? Have you seen gates going to war? Gates are a purely defensive posture. The defenses of the enemy will not prevail against you. <laughs> do we go through some stuff in this war? Yes, we do. And I don't understand all of it. I don't understand what Sal and I are walking through right now. I, I, I must admit, I, I know what I have to do, but I don't understand. That's just part of this craziness of this season we live in. Though Satan attacks, he's always on the defensive. The authority he has is primarily authority we give him. I just want to read one verse and then we're going to go into communion. I like the Amplified on this. Listen carefully. I gave you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions. You know, we avoid this verse because we don't like that idea. I wish we'd stop avoiding it. And the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will in any way be able to harm you. Now, is that true or is it not true? Is that true or is it not true? Does my experience trump that verse? Or must that verse always trump my experience? Doesn't matter what I'm going through. If it doesn't line up with that, what I'm going through has got to change. I don't have time to teach this part. I'm going to teach it next week or week after next. But one of the Leaven is used as a picture of the kingdom. Our challenge with talking about leaven is that in our minds, it's always sin. Well, that's actually a very Catholic idea. Um, Catholicism has connected leaven directly to sin. And so leaven was taken out of the Passover bread because they were getting rid of sin. And I, I don't actually believe that. I think leaven in Scripture is a picture of what a little bit of something can do to something. And God's big enough to use it positively and negatively. And when he speaks of the kingdom, he uses it positively. At Passover, leaven was taken out of the bread. They're coming out of Egypt. And I believe that symbolized the removal of all self-effort. 
or self-effort. It's the Passover. It's the death that missed those who believed. It didn't come because they had self-righteousness. It came because God sovereignly did something. So at Passover, the leaven is taken out of the bread. But at Pentecost, the leaven is put back into the bread. Rather than coming from a Catholic tradition, the Orthodox have always used leaven's bread for communion. Because Orthodox theology understands that in the new covenant, something was injected back into this that's different than what the old was. And so the, the, their theology, their understanding is that that is the new covenant and the injection of the Holy Spirit into the bread that now produces a life that wasn't there before. So when they take communion, they always take communion with leavened bread because they want to participate in this new covenant life of the Spirit that changes from the inside. Just that little drop of Holy Spirit in you actually changes who you are. (laughs) So if you don't have your cup, if you grab it real quick. And we're going to start with the good Catholic unleavened bread. We've got a little Catholic bread on top. If you don't have that, stick your hand up and somebody will come help you. Oh, goodness. That was one of the early, one of the main challenges for the early church is do we eat leavened or unleavened? And actually, leavened bread was winning the argument until the fourth crusade. And when the fourth crusade happened, the crusaders who mainly came from the Western church were given permission to sack Constantinople, which was the head of the Orthodox church. And that crusade actually broke the power of the Eastern church, which actually was the oldest church, the Orthodox church. And from that time, everybody just bought into the unleavened bread idea because it just seemed normal. So take a little unleavened bread. Tasteless stuff. I mean, is the world going to be affected by this or this? (laughs) This doesn't smell like bread. That's not wrong. It's not wrong to do this because doing it, we're remembering the Passover, remembering the death to self. We're remembering that I can't create my own salvation. See, the problem with our theology is very often both sides are right. Hello? I mean, I'm a totally mixed up theologian. But see, the body of Christ, man, I'm going too long here. Help me, Lord Jesus. Stop this. I can't. <laughs> In the kingdom, we don't gather around doctrine. We gather around mission. 
Hear, hear me, that needs way more explanation than I just gave. From the time of the Reformation, doctrine was restored. There were doctrines restored to the body of Christ. But at the same time, we also gained this incredible liberty to divide over everything. And the divisions in the body of Christ that came out of the Reformation are staggering. I mean, I still have my Baptist papers, so I'm allowed to say this. There are 66 Baptist denominations right now in the United States. Every one of them divided over the tiniest doctrinal nuance. I'm not anti-Baptist, guys. Best, best heritage I could have in my life. Pentecostals are just as bad. Charismatics are worse. <laughs> See, I, I think somehow God's infinite mind is bigger than my finite mind. And there are things that seem in conflict to me that aren't in conflict to him. Because his mind doesn't work like my mind works. That's why I need to get his mind, not my mind. I got to stop. We're going to do more on that next time. Okay. Take your unleavened, unleavened no fragrance wafer and celebrate the fact that you didn't get into the kingdom because of your own effort. You didn't get it because you got everything right. You got in the kingdom because he did everything right. And this tasteless thing is how much value your works have. Let's celebrate we're free from that. Yeah. That'll put me back on a keto diet in a moment. <laughs> Take the cup. Come on, Al. You can do this. Shouldn't plan to do this in front of everybody. The blood of the new covenant. We celebrate what you did, Lord Jesus. We celebrate the breaking of the power of the enemy. We celebrate that we have been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We celebrate your life, Lord Jesus. We receive this as the blood of the new covenant. In Jesus' name, let's take it together. Now, could I have those folks come down that are helping me? Just across the front quickly. We can't just stick with unleavened this morning. We got to do some leavened. You guys have your glove. Do you have a glove? Did they give you one? Okay, hey, need a couple more gloves down here. I'm just, I really want to, we want to be cautious for people here. So, oh, you got it? Okay, do you have one? Okay, good. We, we just 
in this season, we don't want to cause anybody to stumble. So we broke this up carefully, and you're going to be handed this as you come down, just so somebody else's hands don't get on your piece of bread. You all know the season we're in, right? Let's stand up together. I believe there's a breakthrough of the Holy Spirit this morning. This morning, I want us to take communion with unleavened bread. But I also want to take it with unleavened bread. Because this bread down here this morning is the bread the world needs. This is the aroma. This is the fragrance of a life birthed in the Holy Spirit. That little bit of leaven of the kingdom put into our mortal bodies so our mortal bodies now behave like sons of the kingdom, not like the kingdom of darkness. So I want to encourage you over the next few minutes to just come down and one of these at the front is going to give you a piece of leavened bread. I want you to smell it. Good sourdough bread. Jan is going to be so proud of us today. Why? Because the bread they would have used was sourdough. Because they kept the lump over for the next time and that became the yeast for the next batch. This is perfectly biblical. (laughs) But then after you've smelled it, I want you to put it in your mouth. And as you do, I want you to invite the Holy Spirit to encounter you in a very special way. I believe there are going to be encounters with the Holy Spirit. I I believe some people who have been struggling with addictions are going to find that broken. I believe that person that, that, that the word was for earlier about being a dangerous place with addiction, I believe those things can be broken with this. It's the blood, but it's the life of the Spirit that brings us into maturity. So I invite you to come. As you get your piece of bread, just kind of move so we don't get all crowded at the front, but just grab a piece and go to your own corner and smell it and taste it and enjoy it. And The smell of fresh bread. The world is desperate to smell something. The world is desperate to get an aroma of life, not the aroma of death. The world is desperate, 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 desperate to see something real in the midst of the craziness of this season. The world is desperate to see somebody hopeful. So Holy Spirit, I invite you right now to begin to encounter people with your power and your presence. Oh, that smells good. smell of life. Holy Spirit, come. After you smelled it real good. <laughs> Some of you looking to be awful funny this morning. <laughs> More, Lord Jesus. More, Lord Jesus. 
Father, we celebrate the life of your Holy Spirit. As we partake of this together this morning, we're asking for an encounter with your Spirit. An encounter that would cause us to begin to carry your power and your authority into this world around us. So we eat this with joy and celebration in Jesus' name. Let's do it. you need physical healing, just raise your hand where you are right now. Would somebody go to each of these hands, please? Just lay hands on them quickly. As part of this kingdom reality, we don't just talk about it, we do it. Need one of the ladies to go right here in the back with sunglasses, on, Correct. Some, right, she's got a hand right there. Could somebody go to her, please? There we are. Thank you. I think I've got, if, you, if not somebody with, somebody with Michael back here, please. One of the guys, please, back here with Michael. Oh, sorry. Up here front. I'm not looking up here. A couple ladies, quickly come help me here. Yes, Jesus. Father, we celebrate the healing that comes from your presence and your power. We curse these sicknesses and we invite your Holy Spirit to bring transformation in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. name. Yes, Lord. Need another lady to go right back over here to the lady in red and white. Please go over to her. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. She just needs a real touch this morning from the hand of God. Yes, Jesus. Release your power, your life, your freedom, your wholeness. If you've been struggling with depression, would you quickly put your hand up? I want to pray for that right now. One of the great challenges of this season has been depression and just the increase of suicides. It's time for the kingdom of light to invade the kingdom of darkness. So if you're listening online and you've been struggling with depression, I just speak right now in Jesus' name. We break that thing off of you. We just command that all of that bondage of depression would be broken now and that there would be hope restored and hope fulfilled. We just release that now in Jesus' name. If you've been struggling with depression, which put your hand on your head right now and just join me as we pray. Father, we're just praying right now for a breaking off of this thing. It does not belong to your children. It does not belong to the kingdom. It does not belong. And we break that line now in Jesus' name. And we declare truth and freedom and healing in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. There are going to be ministry teams down the front if you need prayer. 
If you've got children next door, I guess some of them are there and some of them are there. You know where they are. Go rescue your children. Let's go out this weekend. Would you make a commitment to me? Would you look for a daily opportunity to release the power of God? Doesn't matter if you've seen it until now. Just make a commitment to find a daily opportunity to release the power of God. And let's shift the mindsets. Jesus, bless this body of people as we celebrate this day and we celebrate the transformation of our nation back into what you desire it to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Just to encourage you guys, uh, Michael Brewer will be.